fucked that all up. There you go. Second tries to charm, I guess. I could get a better bottle opener. This, <laughs> this is the Beer and Pretzel Podcast. Fuck, that's the wrong podcast. This is Trash Talk Podcast, a spin-off podcast to the Beer and Pretzel Podcast. We're a side podcast that talks movies, comic books, TV shows, and games. All will have a drink. My name's Austin. And this is Travis. And we're here to talk about three different movies and TV show that has come out fairly recently. One being the Hawkeye show that just ended on Disney+. Plus. The other one being The Matrix Resurrections. And also Don't Look Up, which is on Netflix right now. So three big things we're going to talk about and talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to be talking about a video game I've been playing a lot recently on Video Game of the Week. And we'll be talking at the movies, which is our section where we talk about movies and shows we've been watching that's really good. That are not our main topic of the week. So stay tuned for that after our discussion on these free movies and shows. Oh, jeez. All right, Travis. a bit to drink, have you? Yeah, definitely. A little bit too much before this. All right, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. No, we don't judge here, right? Absolutely not. No one judges us. So, at the movies, we always start before we jump into our main topic of the week. This isn't at the movies. Uh, fuck, I'm screwing this up so hard. It has been a little while since we've done this. Real news and fake news, four pieces of news, one of which is fake. You have to guess which one is the fake one. Number one, Travis, Nicolas Cage is going to start as Dracula in Universal's upcoming monster movie called Renfield. Are they doing that thing again where they're going to try to start a monster verse? Sort of, but this is going to be a comedy drama. So oh. it's going to have more uh, communicable aspects to it. Cage will start alongside Nicholas Holt, who was Beast in the new versions of the next X-Men. He's the okay. young X-Men guy. Yep. Yep. Who apparently was a second choice for the new Batman, losing out to Robert Patterson. He would have been a pretty decent Batman, but I do want to see how Robert Patterson does, because he sounds yeah. like he could be all right. Yeah, like, like a very edgy Batman, like very goth. You're, yeah, your fantasy Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll not confirm nor deny. So Nicholas Holt is going to be playing Dracula's famous henchman. I didn't know he was that famous, but apparently in the books he is a henchman called Renfield. I guess I'm, the movie's going to be about him and Dracula's going to be like I guess a side character. Oh, so who's Nicholas Cage playing? Dracula. Okay, so Nicholas Cage isn't going to be the main character. Nope, not in this one. I guess. Damn, huh. that's surprising. He normally, like, any movie he does, he's generally the main character. Yeah. Unless there's somebody who happens to be a bigger name than him, which... He's not done in a while. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I don't know anything about the side character or sidekick character. I've heard the name before, so I know he's a part of the Dracula universe. I don't know anything about him. Uh, it could be interesting. Could be a total flump. Oh, so... Flop. Yeah, that word. We're, we're screwing this up so hard. All right, so speaking of which, let's get into our drinks of the week. Mine is a second big old cup of the orange creamsicle. The orange creamsicle tastes like the orange creamsicle pop, and it is, in this cup, four shots of vanilla vodka, half a shot of orange triple sec, and the rest is orange soda. Is this because you got that bartending book for Christmas? Actually, no, this was recommended to me by a coworker. Oh. Who said if you drink too much, well, no. If you drink it, you got to be careful because it's mixed so well. doesn't taste like alcohol. Exactly. You got to be careful. Oh, nice. Anyway, what are you drinking? Uh, Currently a long trail. I've also got some, uh, we got some trap family beer. We got some 
Uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Are those all Vermont brands, the state that we operate out of? I think the Sierra Nevada is from New York, but mm. Long Trail and Trap Family are from Vermont. Number two, Travis, our realness of fake news. So Killer Sofa was a very low-budget movie that premiered on Amazon and did uh, it did okay. Is that the one that was a, it was a chair, but they called it Killer Sofa? Yeah, it was a Lazy Boy recliner, yeah. Okay. So it was one of those movies that kind of like Velocipaster where it was made tongue-in-cheek. They knew kind of what they were doing. They knew they were kind of making something that was so bad it's good. And people seem to like it, I guess. To the point that uh, Chris Pratt is producing, I'm not sure if he's going to star in it or not, and this article doesn't say that, if it does or does not, Chris Pratt is going to produce a Killer Sofa Hollywood remake, I assume with more money to it and bigger names, of course. Is he actually going to use a sofa this time? Or is he just going to use a Lazy Boy? (laughs) Uh, It doesn't say. It looks like... It doesn't say the company. I wish it did. Legendary, which produced The Matrix recently, which we saw, is going to be one of the main producers behind it, and he's going to be the main producer on board and might be on the cast. You would assume he would be. Depending. I mean, he he could want to just produce something. If he doesn't, I don't know if he's into horror movies or not, because I'm assuming that's what it was, right? Yeah, it was. Like a creature feature, but with a couch? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Cool. Um, That's good news. I'm, I'm glad for him. Yeah. I I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if it's any good or not. What are your thoughts on the controversy of Chris Pratt voicing Mario in the animated Mario movie, and he's also going to be voicing Garfield in the animated Garfield movie? Um, what controversy is there? I didn't know there was. I just thought he was. People doing... don't like that he's both both roles. They think that's just but, a mean, bad like, choice. I um, think Garfield makes sense. Garfield makes sense, and I don't like the thing is. Mario has what three lines in his whole game? Pretty much, yeah. It's a me, a Mario. Weehoo! Weehoo! Yeah. So I mean, like, if he's got three lines, I, I mean, I'm assuming mm. he's gonna say more than that. But like, the the character in the game only says three lines. Like, how could he be any worse? Yeah, fair. I think some people like they attach himself to the one voice actor who's voiced him all these years, and also Chris Pratt is not Italian at all. Yeah, but I don't even know if the guy who voiced him is Italian. I don't think he is. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest, I don't think he is. But, I mean, so, you know, I watch a lot of anime. So, mm. I listen to a lot of voice, voice actors doing the same roles, whether it be dubbed or subbed, because they tend to use a lot of voice actors over and over again because they're good. Mm. And the same thing, if Chris Pratt is a good voice actor, which he's got a pretty decent voice from what I know, why not use him in multiple things? And, like, Gar- Garfield works for kind of most people. I mean, you do expect him to have a deeper voice, but like, as long as it's any deeper voice, it kind of works. As far as Mario, I don't know. Like, could be good, could be bad. I don't know. I've never really even listened to Mario. I've never played Mario, one of Mario's games. Number three, Travis. The world of Matt Reeves, the Batman, speaking, uh, going back to the Batman, is officially expanding. On Monday, uh, it was confirmed that Colin Farrell, who is playing the Penguin in this one, is be officially on board to star in and executive produce an HBO Max spinoff of the film, which is expected to revolve around his portrayal of Oswald Cobblepot, also known as the Penguin. The series will follow Penguin's rise to power in Gotham's criminal underworld. Yeah. Cool. Um, is this necessary? I say no, 
we already got to show Gotham. We Love it the, or hate it, it's yeah. very close to this. And the Penguin in that, he was a big character. I would say probably top three characters in that. And he was good. Like, he I was know very he didn't good. look like the Penguin. He was really like skinny and whatnot, but his acting was amazing. Yeah, I hope that actor goes on to do different things because I know when they first announced that actor, people were like, oh, he does not look like Penguin at all. When he showed up, people were like, damn, that guy's good. Different interpretation on the character, but that guy was incredible. It really worked. Um, yeah, so I like, I do I do like the Penguin as a character. I just, again, we already had Gotham, and we've had like a Joker movie, and that kind of worked. I don't think that would work as a show. Mm. So I don't know if Penguin being the bad guy and his rise to be the bad guy would be a good show. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like if, if they just basically made the Joker movie, but with a the Penguin, like with Cobble, Cobblepot, I think that'd be fine. I'd do. I'd go watch that. And it's weird. I don't know if it's happened or not still, but I remember a while ago, as the real news of fake news, it was announced that they were doing another TV show based on the Batman movie that's coming out, except to focus on, I think, the police in the Gotham PD. Maybe so it's basically it was, just Gotham. Which is what we said at the time. And this is like... Are you really gonna have two shows as a spinoff to the movie, or are they that hasn't not even going been made one? Yet. Yeah, like they don't even know if anyone's actually gonna like this movie. But like, we're yeah. gonna spin off this guy because people said he looks cool. Maybe have a spin the PD because people liked Gotham. Like, yeah, it's people like Gotham. I mean, I, I I get the money grab, but is it necessary? So number four, and probably my favorite part of real news and fake news for this week, probably also in a while, James Cameron. Confirms he pitched aliens to a studio exec by writing. So James Cameron, he took over uh, the Alien franchise after Ridley Scott made Aliens. He made Aliens, which a lot of people think is uh, better than the first one. I said, yeah, it's probably pretty close. I like both of them equally. For different reasons, yeah. For different reasons. The way he describes how he pitched Aliens to the studio's it's such a baller move, even though I've been annoyed that he's fucking around with Avatar and not doing cooler things. You gotta give respect for this. So, he pitched Aliens to studio executives by writing Alien on a whiteboard, then adding a big S. Then he said, and here's what is going to translate to. Then I drew the two lines through the S to make it a dollar sign. <laughs> that's pimp isn't it that is pimp like right there it's just like money money this is what it's going to translate to add ass to aliens you got aliens you got money and also it worked like they got more money or as much money as the first one I believe and they're still probably getting money to refer to the today because people still yeah. love it we still love it uh, that that would be a pimp mover I would mad respect to anybody who does that Definitely. It's such a simple thing, adding an S to it. And then just double lines for a dollar sign. Yep. And they were like, you know, we're sold. Make this movie. Let's make some money. And then it did. Travis, the only question is which one's fake news and why? Ooh, could you list them off again? Sure. So starting from N, James Cameron put an S behind Alien to turn into Aliens. And uh, number three was the Batman doing a spinoff for the Penguin. And then number two was uh i kept these all listed up everywhere number two was oh yeah chris pratt is producing a killer sofa movie with a bigger budget and number one nicholas cage is going to star as dracula in universal's upcoming monster movie renfield 
Okay. Uh, also, I haven't heard anything about any of these. So I've got no clue to go on. <laughs> Other than that, I'd I'd have to believe the Chris Pratt one. The killer sofa. Yeah. Why? I'd, uh, just because you said you were looking it up on a website. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, at the time that you said it, uh, I don't know. I guess uh, with no so little to go on, I guess I might have to go with Nicolas Cage as Dracula, even though it mm. does sound like a very, very good thing to do. Do you like the idea of even though he's not the main character, Nicolas Cage playing Dracula? I think yeah, that could work. Mostly, good. like he'd be a decent choice for it. I think, especially if they're doing a more comedic, because like we just watched him in Willy's Wonderland, of course. And I thought he did very well, even though he didn't say a word, being somewhat comedic while still being his serious kind of weird self. Mm. And I kind of like that. So I think if he actually got the chance to speak and was playing like a goofier version of Dracula, I think that'd be fun. So which is it? Is that Killer Sofa or is it Nicolas Cage's Dracula? I said I know that I'm pretty sure Killer Sofa is real because of what you said. Oh. So I'm going to go with Dracula as my choice. Okay. Even though I really think he's a good choice for that. He is. And Travis, the fake piece of news is, and whoever is wrong has to say a big old sip of their drink. We don't have shots. We haven't been doing shots in a very while, but you should do a good shot of it or drink of it. Anyway, it is Killer Sofa is not a thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you did throw me off there. Oh, good. You got me last week, so got to come back at you. That's fair. All right. So, now we're jumping into our main topic of the week, which is reviewing three things. Uh, just kind of like the last time we did this podcast. We're going to zoom through them a little bit so we're not having a gigantic episode. But anyway, so uh, Matrix Resurrections, Hawkeye, and Don't Look Up. So, is there any particular order you think we should do this in? I'm saying that because Hawkeye is the biggest one here, we should either do it first or last. I do want to start with Hawkeye. The sure. other two, I don't care where we throw them in the order. Sure, fair enough. Okay, Hawkeye, newest Disney Plus Marvel show. The next one is going to be my boy Moon Knight, which is supposedly coming out in either February or March. And my question is, for, just quickly, for Moon Knight, are they planning to make it more than what's it been? Eight episodes has been like max so far? Um, I can look it up. I'll look it up, but I doubt it. Okay. All these have been only like six episodes. I think like one or two have been seven or eight, but I think it was WandaVision was eight, but other than that, it was like six. Yeah. Um, so what does Google say? Uh, producer Kevin Feige said that Moon Knight will consist of six episodes. That's disappointing. I don't think the whole reason this disappoints me knowing that is like, now you know it's just a setup for the Marvel movies. That's all these have been, has been a setup. And mm. as we can, they've been primarily a setup for the villains. Yeah, they have. So that's something interesting I want to talk about. So when we talk about the story a little bit, we've kind of been the idea of doing a story summary because we're not good at it. We're good at talking about our feelings on them, our opinions on it. If you've seen the show or you haven't, we're going to talk spoilers. You know or you do not know the story. If you don't, either watch it or you don't care. Yeah. And maybe you're just listening for our opinion. I don't know. Okay, it doesn't matter. Spoiler warning. Okay. So, villains and setting up the future. So, we're now, what is this, the fourth Marvel TV show by now? Fourth one, yeah. If we're not talking about the animated stuff. Currently, yeah. Yeah, for live action, this is the fourth one. So, each one has done very well. A lot of people have been watching them. Generally, they are received pretty well. Um. I, we've seen all four of them. Generally, I think we like 
we really like all of them. I think the lowest rating I've given so far was a good. And which one was that? I think that was Captain uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Falcon Winter Soldier, yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably my least favorite was up until now, maybe WandaVision, but I really liked WandaVision too. So overall, I really like all these. I feel like they do kind of better than the movies, just in general, in terms of something I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the series more than the movies, just because they're longer, you can pack more into them and you can add more to the characters, which they have been able to do. Pretty Says the well. guy who doesn't like TV shows. I guess uh, we just have to make six episode TV shows and you'll be fine with it. Yeah, but that's the thing though, is and that's I like these shows, but I gotta say there's some flaws in them. One of them I think is that these six episodes either are too short or they're doing a very bad job of wrapping them up. Because you can make a good show that's only six episodes, but these shows seem like they're going on a good path, and then they're like, oh shit, we have only one more episode. What we're going with, we need at least two more, three more. We got to, like, rush through it in this last episode. It's kind of a mess. Yeah. I realize, All these... Oh, sorry. Keep going. I mean, I realize they don't want to spend the biggest budget in the world on these, but honestly, 10 episodes, they should have count, accounted for 10 episodes each. And then if they didn't need the 10 episodes, then they could make it eight or nine or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, like, they, they did fall short when they were trying for, like, six episodes. Six episodes is not enough. For Unfortunately. sure. And... Going to Hawkeye, going to see Hawkeye, Kate Bishop is a, a big part of this. Uh, some people would say takes a, a big focus of the show. Well, I mean, it's basically Hawkeye training Kate Bishop to be the new Hawk girl, Hawkeye. What, what is she in the future? I forget what she becomes. Um, I think she's just called Kate Bishop or Hawkeye. Okay, so she's the new Hawkeye. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so she's basically, that's kind of, this is her beginning stages of training to become the new Hawkeye because basically they're trying to set up a new newer Avengers. Yeah. And it seems like recently they've been doing a lot of stuff to introduce characters that will be replacing old ones. Falcons going to be new Captain America. Uh, also winter soldier is sort of part of that. She's going to become the new version of Hawkeye. There's going to be a iron heart series. Eventually that's going to replace iron man. Uh, the War Machine show will probably also help in replacing uh, Tony Stark. Which is, I do find it a bit weird that they're replacing a lot of the old characters that, have, of course, their contracts have run up. A lot of them are being replaced with, like, two characters each. Like, mm. Iron Man's being replaced by War Machine and... Iron I Heart. Iron Heart, yeah. And Captain America is now being replaced by the Winter Soldier and Falcon. Like, you think, just pick one. Yeah. I'd, I'd like Winter Soldier. He's a good character, but... He's not Iron uh, Captain America. Yeah, I guess maybe he's not. Maybe it's more. It is really because the future Captain America movie, if it happens as the plan will, will be a Falcon movie. Yeah. Falcon will be Captain America. But yeah, I guess it'll be mostly Falcon. But a lot of these are setting up the future adventures. Uh, She-Hulk is to be coming to the picture very soon. Heard about that. If they can't keep Mark Ruffalo on, She-Hulk will be taking his place. All these are set up. Future Avengers. Also, uh, Kamala Khan, also known as uh, Miss Marvel. Is it Miss Marvel? Uh, fuck. Her name. Mary Marvel? I don't remember. Anyway. The new Cap Captain Marvel. The new Captain Marvel. She'll be having her own show very soon. And she's also going to be one of the main characters in the Marvels. Captain Marvel 2 will not be Captain Marvel 2. It's going to be called The Marvels. And it's going to be featuring Captain Marvel, um, Miss Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan, and uh, the other character from Captain America 2. So all these characters are kind of setting up 
this like future Avengers team. Also, the Black Panther show that's going to come out is we unfortunately replacing Black Panther, who the actor passed away. I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing. People eventually their contracts run up. They want to do other things. Need to replace them. The Marvel Universe has such unique characters, really cool characters. It's not a bad thing to replace these characters we've seen at love for a while with different alternate versions that have been established already in the comics. It definitely isn't. I just, some of the way they went out felt kind of dirty. So you're saying it's more of an execution thing? Kind of. Um, Let's go into examples. Tony Stark, they, I mean, his death was pretty significant, but like, like it just like snapped his fingers, couldn't control some power, and then he just like passed away. Mm. I felt they could have done it a little bit better. Captain America, even though I did kind of like his story, it was that whole time travel thing that didn't really make sense. And he went back in the past and then somehow lived out his life and became an old man. But from when he was still alive back in whatever it was, World War Two. Yeah. So yeah. It is that was one of the better ones. And then of course Black Widow, they just like dropped her off a cliff and said, uh, <laughs> we're done. Yeah. They gave her a movie that was Scarlett to- Johansson sued the hell out of them. Yeah. And then they're like we're never going to work with this actress again, probably. Well, yeah, you don't tend to after they do that. Yeah. And now they've got her sister character to replace her. That's another thing. She's also going to be the future Black Widow. Yeah, which is cool. But again, you know, like that one movie that she got and being dropped off a cliff felt like they could have done a little bit better for her departure. Yeah, definitely. She definitely got the dirty end of it. Not a huge fan of Black Widow, the movie kind of felt kind of slopped together yeah but that's not here no there we're talking about hawkeye or i guess let's go on well this part of it your, because we're now replacing people that are replacing maybe let's not talk about kate bishop outside of kate bishop which is your favorite new addition to this future avengers team of someone who's replacing someone mine is the new black widow played by uh florence poke i believe her name is i do I mean, I really like, uh, who's the guy from the Ten Rings? Oh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, yes. Wish I could remember anyone's name. <laughs> yes, uh, Shang-Chi. I really like him. He seems awesome. Yeah. And his, like, little crew of, like, misfits that are, like... And he's, like, going to be one, like, char- one character. Probably Moon Knight's not going to be an Avenger, I assume. That's, like, an original character that's not just replacing someone else. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I'm just, as part of the new Avengers sure. is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I do like him, and I mean, I mean, I do like uh, Falcon as being the new Captain America. If just for replacement purposes, I do like him. He's pretty good. Now let's get into Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop is an interesting character, and I really like the actress who plays her. Haley Steinfeld has been doing stuff for a while now, ever since she was in a movie. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a movie I really love called True Grit that she, as a very, I think she was only like 15 or so, she earned an Oscar nomination for that movie, but um, it's a Western movie by the Coen brothers. But terrific actress, awesome that they're able to pull her into MCU. They probably saw her recently in the bigger uh, budget movie, Bumblebee, which she was a part of, and that movie's That's really where I cool. Her from. Yes. And I'm glad she's in it. And she they did a very good job with her and Hawkeye, in my opinion, in this show. Hawkeye is not in it a ton, considering that he's supposed to be the main person in this show. Unless you're saying Hawkeye is someone who takes on the role of Hawkeye. Hawkeye is the the, the moniker for whoever takes up the bow. Yeah, exactly. Just as with Shazam, whoever takes up the Shazam mantle becomes the new Shazam. 
Yeah. And I don't think that's their actual name. There's some sort of wizard name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but in this case, it's Hawkeye. So even though it's Hawk Girl or whatever, they're the new Hawkeye. So together, they're Hawkeye. So let's go into it. Uh, things we liked and whatnot. So six episodes long. Really good chemistry between uh, Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop is a very interesting also, character on herself, and they work very well together, in my opinion. That is true. Also good chemistry between Kate Bishop and the new Black Widow character. That's true. Um, yeah, Black Widow, um, Yolanda, I believe yes. her name was, comes in it during the last, I think, three episodes, I want to say. Yeah, yep. three episodes. And it's nice seeing her back. One, because she was by far the best part of Black Widow. And she has some very funny interactions with Kate Bishop. At this point, they uh, they have a discussion regarding uh, Clint, where uh, Yolanda wants to kill him over what happened to her sister. And they do this while uh, she makes macaroni and cheese. Nice little interaction while they're hanging out in her apartment. And uh, she, you can definitely tell... Yolanda is going to be characters be sticking around for a while and she's going to have some really great interactions with other people in the future. Mm. She definitely handles the Marvel like banter and dialogue very well. I think she's going to mix in very well. She's going to be a big part of the future universe. Yeah. And kind of establishing that Hawkeye and Black Widow have always been friends, kind of making them friends now, like at the beginning of their careers, basically is mm. going to help out. Oh, yeah. Def- oh, that's true. Yeah. The new version of Black Widow, the new version of Hawkeye. Or I got to look up what she's called in the future. It might just be called Kate Bishop. I want to see if she has her own name. Um. Anyway, what are some other things that you really liked that they did with this show? Mm. Characters or, you know, plot devices or whatever. Um, They had a very nice villain twist to it. Or actually kind of two villain twists because we... <laughs> Sorry. We meet one of the villains early on. Um. I forget her name, Echo? Echo, yes. Yeah, we meet her relatively early on, and basically her whole deal is she wants to kill Ronan, which is a alias for Hawkeye when he was in the, uh, what was that called, the blip? Yeah, the blip. Yeah, when he was, go- basically his family had been erased, and he was a bit upset, so he went around killing a bunch of bad guys in, like, a fit of rage, I guess, kind of. So... Well, he did that. He went up uh, uh, murdering her father, um, who was part of a crime syndicate of some sort. I can't really remember. Oh, the the tracksuit. The tracksuit king, yeah. Because yeah. this place he got on the Ronin yeah. mantle, which we did see in, I think it was Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Was it Endgame? It doesn't it matter. A, yeah, but. I think it was Infinity War because they just brought him back. Yeah. But yeah, basically he took on Ronin, started killing people, upset her because he killed her father, so she wants him dead. And she's kind of the primary, like, driving, like, uh, like the, the main uh, adversary to them, to the both of them. And she was really good. I did like her. But then they had a twist where there was kind of two more bad guys. One they introduced at the, well, actually, well, one's introduced early on, but of course we don't know because it's a twist. Um, and then one's introduced at the very end and basically the, basically the big crime boss at the end that is the big reveal which I thought was really well executed until the end of the very last episode because they were only in it for one episode mm. where they killed the character off, and I was kind of upset about that. 
Yeah, so Echo is a character that is kind of a ninja sort of character assassin. And she's actually supposedly, and they might cancel the show or whatnot, but they are planning on having Echo have her own TV show. Could, and some people are saying, could the villain that she killed off come back as the main villain of her own show? She was known in the comics to have some issues with him, even in the comics she shot him, which is a while people compare to this show. She could come back, he will definitely come back, or the opposite. She will definitely come back, maybe he will come back. It's a possibility, but is that whole thing? It's like, it's something Marvel, DC, a lot of people do. It's like, even what was it? Fast and Furious did it. You kill somebody off and then like plot armor, they come back to life or whatever. Yeah. It was in Fast and Furious. It was Han. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit reasons. Yeah. Good character, but shouldn't have come back. Yeah. So I really liked Maya. Maya also known as Echo. Uh, The first, not the first one. Actually, the second deaf character in the MCU, the first one was a character we've not seen. Marvel's Eternals had a deaf character. This is the second one, technically. And she is a character. I don't. She's a deaf character who, her, like you said, her father was killed by Ronin. And basically, her whole uh, motivation is she wants to kill Ronin, the person who killed her father. And Ronin just recently shows up when Kate Bishop accidentally puts on the Ronin outfit to escape the tracksuit gang that are trying to kill her, and she mistakenly thinks that the Ronin is back, which brings Clint Barton into it. Yes, because he tries basically tries to protect somebody who was stupid enough to put on his old suit, not realizing what it meant. Mm. Also, I do, because uh, in this, due to him getting older and also due to the fact that he's been in a lot of like cases where he's heard explosion stuff, Clint, in this case, is going deaf as well. So oh, I yeah. think between like him that. and Echo, they actually have this kind of good almost connection, even though they're trying to kill each other, where they're both like hearing impaired. Yeah. And they have to fight while not being able to hear anything. And she, of course, has had years of training because she was, I believe, born deaf or went deaf at a very young age. Um, And Clint is just coming to terms with this because he's in his whatever it is, 40s, 50s or whatever. Mm. And now he's just become deaf at the end of his career, kind of. Yeah, I really like that. I like Maya doing her own thing, but also like that he is starting to wear uh, hearing aids and he's doing whatever he can to save his hearing. And I really like that. I thought that was uh, really well written in, didn't feel tacked on or anything. Um, And like kind of part of his power is he needs his sight, Hawkeye, more than he needs hearing because he basically just gets to where to shoot a bow. I guess hearing's kind of nice because then you you know your surroundings, you can hear your enemies walking up behind you or whatever. But, I mean, she, again, has coped with this and has overcome it. I mean, she's she's a good character. It's just, I would like to see her, and maybe in her own show, she'll be more of an anti-hero kind of character rather than just a straight-up villain. Because I, I do like her character. Let's talk about the side characters. So, well, I guess Echo is one of them. But um, Eleanor is... Um, Kate Bishop's uh, mother, who's a big part of it, I guess when we get in, into spoilers now, uh, Jack, also known as a swordsman in the comics, is her mother's fiance. Uh, Laura Barton shows up a little bit, Hawkeye's wife. Uh, other characters that show up are the major ones. Uh, I guess when we get into it. Uh, Kingpin, the major villain behind the whole show, shows up 
briefly at the end of the fifth episode if it is featured much more heavily in the final episode. Probably I would say those are the main side characters. This show doesn't have a ton of characters overall. I feel like they do a good job of focusing mostly on Kate Bishop and Hawkeye. And everyone else gets good-sized roles. Echo got a good-sized role. Yolanda had a good-sized role. Who is Echo's, like, primary henchman, dude? Uh, that guy is named Kazi. Yeah, Kazi? Kazi? Yeah, I don't okay. know. Um, he was all right. I liked him. Yeah, he was kind of like a friend to her, but he had he did some things. Like, he was aware that her father was going to get killed. Yeah, basically, he he, yeah. he's kind of working with Kingpin to snuff out her father because he wanted to become he wanted to take over her her father's position in the tracksuit gang which why you'd want any position in the tracksuit gang is beyond me yeah let's talk about the tracksuit gang interested in that they're um more communicable basing get to see those characters more they're not just you know background extras or stunt doubles are there just to get punched or beat up or shot or whatever they, they have a decent amount of dialogue for just being thugs yeah, and of course, like, they are meant to sound like kind of stupid thugs, thugs, but, like, they actually, like, even just with Kate Bishop alone, they have quite some good dialogue, like, one guy's, like, trying to take his girlfriend on a date or something for her oh, birthday. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. And she gives him advice because his girlfriend is, like, upset at him or something. Yeah, because basically he's taking her to a concert, but it's a concert of a band that he wants to see, not one that she wants to see. Mm. So she gives him some advice on it and he has to deal with that. And then even thanks her for it later on, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. So they're, they're very comedic and very funny, but also very thuggish kind of gang. I really like them. My big issue with it, the whole deal is even though I could kind of see echo being connected to them, because again, her father was a part of the tracksuit gang, even though he seemed too badass even for this gang. Yeah, he did. But Kingpin wouldn't associate with this. No, guy. especially not, as you said before when we talked about this, as a first association basis. Yeah. If anything, there'll be one or two people below yeah. him that like, control yeah. the tracksuit like, gang. He would talk to the head boss of the Yakuza, like mm. the, the Japanese like mafia, and then they would have the, the tracksuit gang under their, under their like, uh, what do they call it, the hierarchy? Yeah. So yeah, that that's how something like that would work. No one in the tracksuit gang would know Kingpin on a first name basis, even her father. No, definitely not. And that's kind of my major disappointment in this show. It comes down to Kingpin, which I did not think was going to be the case because I was so excited at the possibility Kingpin was there. The teases was like, oh my God, is there a possibility he's going to be there? I heard rumors that Daredevil might be in No Way Home by believed it much less than the possibility that there being three Spider-Men. And when he was there, I freaked out. I freaked out when Kingpin showed up. Evo was a little like, damn, he uh, showed up in the second last episode. It's just a photo. Like, I thought he would be in a more than this. But you know what? I'll take what I can get. I love the Daredevil show more than any Marvel property out there. I'll take what I can get. Um, but yeah, he definitely, I guess, a skin to Kingpin because Vincent D'Onofro, incredible actor, and he performs the best he can with Kingpin here, as always, an incredible actor. I just feel like he maybe was written for someone else. Even they pulled him in last minute, be like, you want to do this? He was like, hell yeah, I want to do this. And they kind of dropped him in. I don't know. His character felt rushed. His character was odd. It was definitely more PG-13 base or even PG. Like you said, there's no way he would be connecting to these, these thugs because that's all they are. They're not intelligent or like well-versed at all. 
so I do believe this was something. I believe they got Daredevil, the actor who plays Daredevil. Can't remember his name. Um, and they got him for Spider-Man. And then when they were talking to him, he was like, oh, well, if you want Kingpin, I could get you his number. Mm. And then they're like, that's not a bad idea because, you know, you got this universe. It's awesome. Why not bring Kingpin in? And then they do. And then Kingpin now becomes part of their universe. But then they, this is kind of where they just threw him in a little bit. Because I really don't think this role was written for him. No, it doesn't. Like this, again, this feels like, Again, as I said earlier, like a Yakuza or Russian mafia or something. It feels like something they, like a one of their bosses would be controlling all of these guys. Not Kingpin, the guy who controls the, like multiple mafias. And Vincent Tignoffro has been doing a lot of talking on Twitter recently, engaging with his followers who have been very happy and passionate that he's coming back. Someone asked him, is this Kingpin the same Kingpin as Netflix, or is this like a varying version, a different universe version? He said, do you want to guess what he said? No comment, or it's a different one. Wrong, actually. He said this is the same one, which surprises me because, one, Marvel usually silences anyone who says anything. Two, it seems like a different character. They kind of interact a little bit different. Of course, the shows are a much different tone. He wears a very strange outfit in well, that people it technically is one from the comics but the one with like it's like a floral hawaiian shirt with a white tux over it and like a like a las vegas i'm going to the club to gamble hat fedora yeah i mean it it's very much a vacation outfit not new york city like underground outfit yeah <laughs> yeah also he seems to go more by the comics in that he is super strength and he's much tougher because he like gets shot with arrows and he just like shrugs them off. He gets hit by a car at one point. Kind of shrugs that off. When he punches Kate Bishop, she like flies across the room. Even though he's also, strong, he, he ripped the door off a car. With he one completely hand. ripped it off. He's obviously strong in Daredevil, but he's strong, realistically strong, because he's a big, strong dude. In this, he seems super strong, like in the comics. He got like a super, super soldier serum. Kind of. I, I maybe it's just him doing his own bit, and Marvel never told him what he is or whatnot, because maybe they didn't have a big talk about that. But I have a hard time believing it's the same exact Kingpin. I mean, it's to us, it's not the same Kingpin, but like Marvel never told him any difference. So he's like, yeah, I played my character. Sure. So, uh, yeah, so same one. Yeah. He might not realize it or not, but like to the fans, it's not really the same. Yeah, definitely. And because a lot of, for the actors, it's this whole Marvel universe is very confusing. Yeah. And you got to remember, like as an actor, I'm sure some, of course, care about their roles, mm. but they probably like, I, I don't know how many of them actually read a superhero comic before doing it. And we know Channing Tatum's done and we yeah. know. Deadpool, uh, Ryan Reynolds has done it because they love their characters so much they've actually read their comics. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Vincent would. Yeah, probably not. Uh, I doubt he seems Tony to Stark. love his character, but yeah, I'm sure he's not well versed on the entire Marvel universe. I'm trying to remember the actor. There was someone that was getting pitched one of these movies. It was either a Star Wars movie or a Marvel movie. And the actors were explaining to him or her, I think it was a him, 
the continuity and how their character gets pulled into it. Oh, no, it was not even Marvel. It was Michael Keaton's Batman for the new Flash movie. Oh. They were explaining it to him, and then they saw partway through their pitch and were like, you don't understand what we're talking about. He's like, no, I don't. Yeah, because, I mean, the Flash, I'm assuming this is something to do with the Flashpoint Paradox, like, Who's going to understand that if they haven't read the comic? Exactly. And, and if you're an actor in your 60s, the very high chance you've not read anything close to that. You, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I I could understand if he was literally just given this role. He was told he's Kingpin. Play the Kingpin you normally would play, but we're just going to make you more badass, basically. And that's what he got out of it. I just look at his Twitter right now. I like how... Like, he just jumped... Even Marvel doesn't spoil like he does. Like, well, here's a nice picture of him doing a post that says, Mary Fisk Miss, to all in, all good night. And it's a picture of him in the Hawkeye show, but someone edited, a, like, a Santa Claus outfit over him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Marvel doesn't, but their actors definitely do. I mean, mm. the guy who plays Spider-Man. <laughs> he, yeah. He leaked a lot of stuff. He does, which I'm surprised that he was able to keep it all together during the Spider-Man No Way Home tour. I wonder if they didn't tell him like half of anything. That might not be. I've heard rumors that in Infinity War they gave him, they did not give him a script besides his own lines so that he would not spoil anything. Which is funny considering that No Way Home has, you can argue much bigger spoilers than Infinity War. Well maybe it was... I think he probably got the message once if they actually did something like gave him a script that only had his lines. He's like, okay, I probably should stop spoiling now. Yeah, probably. Uh, getting back into the show overall, uh, before we go on to other things, great show. I do have some problems. The last episode in that I don't like it. I've had issues with all these shows in that. I do not like their last episode. The last episode one division was by far the worst. The Falcon Winter Soldier show last episode was okay, but felt a little bit rushed. The Loki episode, I loved, I loved Loki so much. Five out of six episodes, terrific. By far my favorite show out of these four. Last episode, fucking hated. I hated King the Conqueror, not necessarily the character, but how he's written, and that he was just given one big-ass monologue the whole episode. It was horrible, it was boring, I hated it. In this last episode, is goofy i hated how they killed off the kingpin supposedly and kingpin was dispatched early he put himself way out in the open which he should never have kate bishop and hawkeye used a bunch of trick arrows which is cool at first if it becomes goofy and pg disney for me so my last episode last episode sinks it for me it was overall a pretty good show i love the fight scenes um Especially my two favorites had to have been the one where it was just Hawkeye and uh, Echo fighting where uh, Hawkeye lost his hearing aid. So it was them like silently like fighting because you couldn't hear anything. Oh, yeah. I love that one. And I also love the one where it was Kate Bishop, uh, Hawkeye, the new Black Widow and Echo all fighting on like a rooftop together in the dark. Yep. That was amazing. So I I did. I really love the fight scenes. I like the twist that the mother was working with. Kingpin. Yeah, we actually haven't talked too much about the mother or her fiance, Jack. Well, Jack, as we said, he's basically just the swordsman who I didn't even know from the comics because I've never read any comics that involved him. Mm. Uh, sounds like a cool character, and I, I do hope to see him back in the future. But like in the show, he didn't he didn't do anything. Not really. He was just a suave guy who balances being a friendly stepfather and kind of an asshole. Yeah. 
I mean, he tried to be a friendly stepfather, yeah. but he just came off as weird and creepy. But I do feel like the actor did a very good job with the character that he was given. Yeah. I just wish, like, because as you said, he's like an anti-hero and he's become part of the Avengers at some point in his life. I kind of wish it was something like he was trying to, like, bring about the corruption from her mother. Like, he was actually trying to, like, arrest her, basically. Oh, sure. I kind of wish he had a role like that. Like, he was more... Useful. Like he was on, the, like working on the inside to try to yeah. figure out who's doing this. It turns out it's his wife. His wife. Wo- I don't know why I say wife. Wife. His, his wife and <laughs> fiance. Kingpin. Yeah. His fiance and Kingpin. Like, and he finds that out and he goes after them along with the new Hawkeyes. I don't know. I wish something like that. He's all right character. I didn't mind him. I did. I like the twist of the mother because I honestly didn't see that coming. Mm. No matter what anyone says, I just didn't see it. And then when it came around, I was like, oh, that actually, that makes sense a bit more now. Because it really focused on, like, Jack being... And again, I didn't know him from the comics. I didn't know he was supposed to be a superhero or an anti-hero. So I didn't know... I just generally thought he was a bad guy, and they were going to arrest him, and he's going to go to jail. Turns out the mother was the bad guy. I was like, that's a twist. I like that. It was a good twist, because you end up liking they arrested him, but then you're like, oh, shit. He was completely innocent. I misjudged this guy the whole time. That makes you feel bad. Sympathy for him. I would say good screenwriting. Yeah. Honestly, like the way that was done was very well. Yep. Which in like that all together, like, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to give my review. It's going to be a great for me mm. just because of like stuff like that. The fight scenes for very demo. Oh, the car chase scene as well was awesome. Yep. And kind of, they use some of the more, what we called the more comedic uh, special arrows where they had the pim one where it turned into like a giant arrow and it crashed down and like destroyed a whole bridge. And didn't you also turn one of the vehicles into like a really tiny car? Oh yeah. One of the vans, one of their moving vans, it turned into like a matchbox size car, which was kind of cool. So yeah, stuff like that. I really loved about the show. I will agree with you. They did the kingpin dirty Mm. and that was a bit of a disappointment. And, but on again, he shouldn't have been in there to begin with because he should have had no connection to anyone besides maybe her mother because she seemed like, Someone who might work with Kingpin. like Yeah, higher up, rich person that yeah. has connections he can exploit. Yeah, that I could understand. But the fact that they were both then just working with the tracksuit gang, the comedic bad villain, bad guy guys that we didn't care about, it kind of a lot. Who can kill off two people with bows and arrow? Yeah. Here's they... a question for you. Your opinions on the LARPers. Hmm. So I didn't really understand it at first. I guess it kind of made more sense by the end of it when they were like, okay, we're all New York firefighters and whatnot. And we want to help. We want to become superheroes. Then it made more sense. But the beginning scene where he just had to go and get his Ronin suit back from the LARPers, I didn't understand where that was going at that point, And I didn't care. Sure. I was just like, okay, they're, they're shouting out the LARPer community. Hells. Yeah. Mm. Not that I'm a LARPer myself, but they need a shout out. They do need a shout out. Um, yeah, I think LARPers need a shout out because it's a very, you know, something that I've always wanted to get into, but never have. It's a very interesting community. And I think there's like nothing out there like that. And it's very interesting that they're being, being introduced in MCU somehow, but I feel like they're just kind of there as like comedic bait. And, uh, I wasn't a huge fan. Like if they were in just for that first episode, that'd been fine. But in the end, how they're like allies and they work together, it just uh, kind of felt like forced and put together. Ugh, when I they like it, yeah. When it was a bunch of, as I said, I think they were like cops, firefighters, and EMTs all mm-hmm. working as like undercover agents, uh, being uh, or they they were basically like uh, what are those people that carry drinks at a party? Uh, I can't remember what they're called. 
doesn't matter. Servers. Yeah, kind of like a server waiter type person, but they they just carry like champagne champagne glasses around at like a high end party, and they're all being secret agents and being undercover like that. I'm like, that doesn't make a sense for your average underpaid New York City cop. No one's <laughs> gonna do that. Even if they want to be the best superhero in the world, they're not gonna go like secret agent like Black Widow special ops. Yeah. Oh, do you like? Uh, I did. Evo. I don't remember what happens to him then. Lucky the pizza dog shows up as a nod to the Hawkeye run that this is inspired by. The dog who is one-eye blind and, and likes pizza. Um, You don't know what happened. He goes home with Hawkeye. Oh, does he? That's nice. Yeah. And that little, the very ending scene when they go home for Christmas and he brings Kate Bishop to his house. Didn't mean that in a weird way, but to like meet <laughs> yeah. his family and whatnot. Also, didn't mean that in a weird way. Uh, they bring Lucky with them. Mm. Okay, well, that's good. He has a nice little end to it. Um, I kind of wish they featured him more, actually. I do, kind of, but again, I didn't know the character. I didn't know that was a part of the MCU until you told me about it. So, it was like, for someone who didn't really know, I was like, it's a dog. Cool sure. dog. Like Likes pizza. I can understand that. I like pizza. <laughs> yeah, I like pizza. Has one eye. He's seen some shit. <laughs> Got a couple of fights. Yeah. Mad respect to him. Yeah. Pretty badass. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, he didn't do anything. He wasn't special. He wasn't one of the DC super pets, air quotations. You mean Dwayne Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart? Yeah, super dog. Yeah. Yeah, He wasn't one of them. Like, he didn't do anything special. He was just there as... Who if Kevin Hart voiced him? That... I might have been okay with that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been annoying, but I think it would have worked. Yeah. Because Kevin Hart's the kind of guy who loves pizza. Yeah, I, I'm sure he does. Yeah. It'd be funny to have the Kevin Hart established universe of him playing some kind of super pet. In every single... In every universe, yeah. Ooh, so, could you imagine him the... What are those guys called? The, uh, the Not the Watchers. Oh, the Watchmen? Watchmen. <laughs> the Watchmen. One of, the, one of their super pets. Yeah. Really dark. Well, they'll put him in the Zack Snyder one. Zack Snyder will kill him, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be horrible. Well, they deserve it. Yeah. It sort of does. So uh, my final review is this show is good. Does it deserve the great mantle or no? Yeah, it probably does, actually. Uh, if it was not super biased because I loved the uh, Marvel Netflix uh, Daredevil universe too much, I would probably give it a great. I have it good, though, because they mishandled Kingpin. Does it deserve great? Yeah, it probably does. That's fair that you would say that. But I'm going to say it is a good show. That's fair. And I mean- I'm... I, I understand where you're coming from, but again, for me, it was like I gave Hawkeye and Winter Soldier good, and this, to me, was a step above that, yeah. just in terms of a show. So where's this rank overall for both of us? Uh, Loki is the best. This is on par with WandaVision. I kind of like this a little bit more. Mm. So I'll go this Hawkeye, WandaVision, Winter Soldier. I will say roughly the same thing. I think I'll swap out WandaVision and Captain America Falcon, which are soldier. Oh, because you really didn't like that. Yeah. I really did not like the last episode, the one division. Damn, there's someone fucking burning rubber outside my apartment. What the fuck is that? You should just put up a sign outside that says, we're recording. Piss I off. should, yeah. <laughs> Podcast recorded in session, talking Marvel shows. <laughs> Go do this somewhere People, else. please be, please be quiet. All right. Let's jump into our next things. Uh, so Matrix Resurrections or Don't Look Up. What are we doing first? I got a lot to say about both. Mm. So this could take some time. Pick one. Um, I <clears throat> want to tear into... 
I want to turn to don't look up more. So let's do Matrix Res- Resurrections first and then let's get it over with. All right. So Matrix Resurrections overall, I don't think it's a horrible movie. I'd, I'd say it's a good movie. This is my, yeah. my review. It's a good movie in its own right. It's a good movie in its own right. Um, some people complain about them having too much flashbacks to original Matrix. I actually liked how that was executed of comparing the flashbacks from this movie, comparing it to the original one. I actually like that. My it wasn't opinion. bad. But at the end of the day, this is something I'm going to say. This movie doesn't need to exist. Mm. It does not. Yeah. And we talked about this already. It feels so meta to the point that's almost annoyingly meta in the first part of the movie, which we've both said is our favorite parts of the movie. Yes. The first uh, like quarter of the movie Neo works or at this point, what's he called? Thomas, maybe was it called Thomas? What was his name? doesn't matter. Anyway, Thomas something. He is a video game developer of a, game series it's not called the matrix it's called something else but it's basically the matrix no no so the new one that he's working on is called uh binary or something yes but he developed a video game called a matrix a A trilogy called the matrix beforehand (laughs) and warner brothers like produces this game series for some reason and like the creators don't want to come back for another one. And like, even though they begged and gave them money, they didn't want to come back, but now they are. And like, yeah, because Warner Brothers basically said, we're doing it with or without you. It, so we're doing it with or without you. So you better do it. So all the actors and the producers came back for another one. Yeah. And it like, it makes me feel like uncomfortable. Like I'm watching like my parents argue and I'm like stuck there between them, listening to argue. And I think up to that point, like up to the very end of that scene where they were doing that whole thing, like uh, where all the game developers were like, what are we going to make? this? We're going to make this like a first person shooter. Are we going to make this like a sci-fi thriller or whatever? Yeah. Like where they were discussing how they were going to make it. Because again, it's basically like the producers talking about how they're going to make the movie. Yeah. And like one person's like, it's all about the guns, man. You got to have the guns. And someone else is like, no, it's got to be what the original one, which was original. It was fresh. They're just like throwing out these, like these like names and like what it is. And they don't really get, it it's you know but like yeah keep going what you're saying i know where you're going with this so to the very end of that scene it was a good movie actually sorry it was a great movie it was i really liked it yeah i was like i am sold from here on out i will be sold on the rest of the movie and then from that moment on i found out i fucking was (laughs) (laughs) as you described it felt like those same writers who definitely seemed incompetent and not knowing how to write a good Matrix follow-up because they were just people who loved the games, but they weren't the original creators, jumped on board and wrote the rest of it. So my biggest thing with this is it seems like they just tried to make the Matrix again and change a few things up to make it different. Like, so now Trinity is the Neo, and as we said, Neo is the Trinity. Like, that's... The big difference. And also, they don't use nearly as many guns, if any guns, if I remember. They only use super, uh, what do they call that? Time warp super ability? Uh, bullet time. Bullet time, yes. that They only use that as their one superpower. When in the original Matrix, they did use guns. A lot. A lot. And yeah, it looked cool because like they, you see the bullet like uh, trajectory flying through the air and like piercing the air and doing like waves, sound waves. Yeah. It looked amazing. But like then they come to this and you just see, like uh, as we called it, uh, was uh, crap. I forgot his name. Actually, plays Neo. 
Keanu Reeves? How do you forget his name? I can't remember my own name half the time. <laughs> and he just does these weird hand motions where he, uh, whatever it is, like puts his hands out in front of like telling people to stop. Yeah. And it blows people away. And it. That's like his main bit in this. Isn't like both of their main bits. I don't think they did anything else besides ride a motorcycle and jump off a building. Yeah. And, and they fly. fly then. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they just, I, I didn't understand like why they want to do this. So, as I said before to you, if they had just made this movie with new characters and basically just made a new Matrix with new characters, I would have and even made references. Like, I would have been fine if they made, like... Now, references. are you saying a reboot of the Matrix with new characters? Or are you just saying in the Matrix universe, but different story, different actors, characters, whatnot? So, basically, this exact movie, up until the point where Neo and them are developed, the end of developing and discussing, and then we jump to new characters. Hmm. So this movie with Neo being like, okay, I built the matrix or video game matrix, uh, air quotations. And, uh, now we move on. And then from here on out, we have new characters, a new main character, a new Neo and it, male or female doesn't matter. doesn't whatever, any race, whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, just don't bring Neo and Trinity back as being the main characters and then just swap their roles around. Mm. Like from that, at that point in the movie on when I thought the movie was going great and really awesome, just give us a new story or the same story that they had kind of for this with new characters. So people are really happy that Neo and Trinity are back. Obviously they were huge parts of the first one and very, very recognizable characters. Not besides just actors, their characters are going to go down to movie history. Trinity and Neo are the big ones. So, how do you, if anything, attribute Matrix 3 to 4? Do you feel like it was a smooth transition to 3 to 4? No. Or did, Not in the slightest or bit. did it do the ending of Matrix... Oh, fuck. Resurrections, was it called? Not Resurrections. Three. All their names are... Matrix they all blend three. together. Uh, Matrix 3 did do that ending dirty. Basically, yeah. Because it's just like, okay... These characters died. They sacrificed themselves for the human race. Hopefully the human race will uh, will prosper and move on from here, which to an extent they did. They created a new civilization that was much more improved from their last one, better living conditions. Hells yeah. Power to the people. Mm. And the robots had a civil war, which sounded really freaking awesome. I would have loved to see that. Didn't see that. Didn't see that in the slightest. But now some machines that sided with the humans are now working with them. Also cool concept. Didn't see much of that at all. Um, but yeah, so they basically, they sacrifice their lives. And then this movie comes around after the civil war, after humanity has built this new colony and is now living slightly better conditions. And it's like, Oh, we're going back into the matrix and we're going to give you the same story with the same character. The roles reverse. We're going to be the same characters. And, uh, that's it. Kind of. No, no, that's it. Yeah, pretty much. Let's talk about the newcomers though. So besides the main new character, which is pretty much the only new existing character called Bugs, um, Colleen Wing, uh, what's her name? I believe it's Colleen Wing. I'm going to have to look it up so I don't miss Colleen Yang, Colleen, is it Yang? No, it's not Wing, Colleen Wolf. Nope, that's not her name. I should just type in Matrix 4. Anyway, the character who is Bugs. Yeah. That actress, uh, she was super, super, her name is 
I, How her far name off? Is, her name is Jessica Henwick. <laughs> <laughs> and you say I'm bad with names. No, 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 no. The reason why I said Colleen Wing is because her character in Iron Fist was Colleen Wing or Wing or whatever. Anyway, she plays a character in a show I've not seen in Iron Fist. A show that's regarded as by far the worst show in the Iron Fist show. Even though most people will agree that she's by far the best character and part of Iron Fist. She Fair. had two really big movie roles that were up to grabs for her. One was in this movie. One was playing the sister in Shang-Chi. She, she made the decision to be in this movie. I'm not, I'm not saying she's wrong or right. Well, because she was very excited to be in a Matrix movie. That's but fair. the reason, do you know why she didn't want to be in Shang-Chi? Do you want to guess why? Uh, I wouldn't have the slightest guess. Because she did, because she was going to play Shang-Chi's sister, and she didn't want to write off her character in Iron Fist. She wanted the possibility that that character can come back, which is very heroic. Very fair. No, that's fair. I give her that. I give you a lot of respect. That's never going to happen, unfortunately. Info, a lot of people love your character in that show. They're barely bringing back the Daredevil characters as it is. We mean, I, we're probably not even going to see the Punisher back. Info, that actor did an incredible job yeah, with the Punisher. We're definitely not seeing Jessica Jones. Yeah. I could almost see Luke Cage if, if they really were desperate. Um, Not desperate for the guy, but like, because like. For roles. Yeah. The, characters to throw in. But she chose to be Ness to play Bugs. Uh, she was super excited to be in this. At one point, she was super scared because uh, COVID happened in the middle of filming The uh, Matrix. And the director was like, you know what? If this movie doesn't finish, I'll be okay with that. And she's she was like, what the fuck? I, I want to be in The Matrix. You can't fair. just end the movie before we finish it. But after lockdown ended, they finished the movie. Also, you do see that mentality in this, at least from what I saw. Mm. If this doesn't finish, I don't care. I saw that mentality throughout this entire... Well, sorry. From that moment, from that very scene on where they were discussing the the new video game, from that scene on, I saw that mentality in this movie. If this doesn't finish, I don't care. Mm. Just if it doesn't happen. I think the director pushes a lot of herself in this movie. Obviously, with that beginning portion, like we said already of how Warner Brothers tried to force them back into this and stuff. I'm surprised Warner Brothers didn't step in and be like, you got to rewrite this. I, I'm very they, surprised. I kind of think they thought it would be, it'd come off as a better gag than it did. Mm. Like it wasn't as funny as they probably thought it was going to be, but they probably assumed that it would be better. So going back to a uh, new character. So uh, Jessica Henwick, that's the actress name. She plays Bugs. The only other main new, complete new character is Neil Patrick Harris plays a character called the Analyst, which is a therapist in the movie. Besides that, um, there's a new Morpheus and there is a new Agent Smith. Well, there's also the, there's also the whole new crew of the the spaceship that there is, but they barely talk. I don't give a shit about them. I don't even know their fair. names. Well, also, who's the lady who controls the general? That is. Who is a general or controls a general? Who is the general? Uh, that was uh, Nicholas, uh, not Nicholas Cage. What am I talking about? Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, who she plays Niobe. Right. She was all right. Yeah. I didn't like the makeup they did on her to make her look it old. Was, it looked bad. 
considering like her, like you look at her eye area and it looks very like young and yeah. enthusiastic. And then you look at the rest of her face and just looks old and yeah. clearly just like, doesn't really match guys. You tried your best, but yeah. I did like her acting. She was pretty good as an actor. Yeah, she was. But yeah, yeah the makeup was horrible. Mm. Um, Yeah. So I, I did like bugs. Morbius was all right. He wasn't bad. He wore really good suits. He was flashy as all fucking hell. He was. But I like that orange suit he wore. It was really that, good. It was kind of like weird because like if you look at the rest of her crew, like the rest of the the new Matrix like henchmen, they're all like in black. Like they're kind of more traditional black like leather. Or black and, leather, yeah. And like jumpsuits and whatnot. And then he's just standing there all behind him like in his flashy white and orange suits. And he just looks fly as fuck. And I'm like, that doesn't match, but I respect your decision. Yeah. You're going to die. What happens to him? I don't remember. He gets thrown out of a bell tower. Whether he lives or dies, I don't know, because he's a program, I believe, in this one. Is he? Yeah, because he's basically oh, Agent he, Smith. He was an Agent Smith at one point. Yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting how they brought him back in a new way, because a lot of people were upset Lawrence Fishburne was brought back. Uh, my girlfriend, Leah, included. She, the whole time she was like, Where is, where is the original Morpheus? I I liked I wish Lawrence Fishburne was back, but I thought this guy did a good job. I just wish what he had. Again, I, I just wish, think they didn't write him incredible. Well, so don't call him Morbius. Like, yeah, we had a Morbius. He was amazing. He was a good actor, good role, good character. Don't bring him back if you can't get the guy. Get a new guy. That's the role of Morbius, like the 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 mentor esque person. Just give him a new name and make him a new character, which they did basically made him a new character, but then gave him the same name and the same memories. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Didn't get that. Didn't like that. Agent Smith. Uh, I actually, I kind of liked him. Yeah. Same. Uh, he didn't really change, but he had like a bit of a redemption arc, which was all right with me. And he kind of like, he's just like, I hate the, uh, the, what's his name? Not the architect. The analyst. Analyst. He's like, I hate the analyst. I'll work with you long enough to kill him. And I'm out. Peace. Yeah, it made him a little bit different than the traditional Agent Smith, who just is the primary antagonist. He just wants to kill Neo. That's it. Yeah, and just plays by the rules. Yeah. He doesn't have that Hugo Weaving voice at all, obviously. No one's going to recapture that. But the actor did a good enough job of what he had and made him a little bit different and add a little bit more to that character. And I did. I kind of like the fact that in the beginning, he was the head of Neo's company. The, the video game development company. And so he was basically like, they're kind of friends almost like they've worked together for years in yeah. Neo's memories. But then at the end, he's like, Oh, by the way, I've been trying to kill you for years. Have a good day. I kind of like that mentality, like the acting and development they had. A character actress who is uh, promoted heavily as being one of the main characters in this. Eva, when I saw her, I numbered her in like two scenes in the movie and I was not blown away by her character. I don't like to throw actors under the bus because half the time it's due to writing rather than their acting ability. Acting and, uh, sorry, writing and screen time, yeah. Is the Indian actress uh, Priyanka Chopra. Chopra. Uh, she plays someone who advises Niobe and Neo at one point. She is, also, she's a robot. She is, because she is the young girl from Matrix 3. Yeah, and she's a program kind of like the new Morbius. Which I find weird because she's not an actual person. I didn't understand that part. Mm. But she was created and her her father, which I'm assuming is another program of some sort, is the one who resurrected Neo. So that's her tie-in. But she's also, she controls this like flying bird uh, creature in the 
in the outside world, like in the human world, in the the real world, I guess you'd call it the horrible one. She controls this like bird like looking creature that can turn invisible. Really mm-hmm. cool. I like that. But yeah, she didn't honestly get that much screen time and for what she did, she was all right. Added some to the story, even though it was just plot plot like to fill plot holes. Kind of, yeah. Uh, honestly, there's nothing really else I want to talk about. Oh, uh, was it the, uh, not the architect, the, uh, analyst analyst. Yeah. I didn't I, like him. You didn't like him. Uh, I didn't think it was great, but I liked him more than the architect, which was the villain in matrix two. Yeah. Um, both of them had very long winded monologues. I was entertained more by Neil Patrick Harris delivering in this version in matrix two. I was like falling asleep during that old man just rambling on mumbo-jumbo. Um, both of them aren't terrific characters. I like the analyst more. I'll, I'll give you that. It's been a while since I've seen Matrix 2. I know you just rewatched it recently. With yeah, I rewatched all of them, yeah. But, yeah, I, I just, like, I just think they could have done him better. And it's Neil Patrick Harris. He's a good actor. Like, why he is. give him some better dialogue and a better role? Yeah, he needs, he needs better roles. Also, so biggest biggest complaints I have with this and why I think it definitely should have never been remade. First of all, is Neo's weird ability that he only ever used, didn't use guns. And again, we just saw uh, Keanu Reeves in John Wick. Yeah. Finally, I remember his name. And he's badass. He's got some guns, does some cool tricks on motorcycles and stuff. In this one, he just does the hand motion. The force push. The like force the Jedi, push. like force push. Kind of. Yeah, he does that. And he can't even fly until the very end when he can magically fly for some reasons unknown, doesn't explain it. But no guns, no cool, like, kind of the motion scenes. Like, they kind of do it with the fight scene with him and Agent Smith in the bathroom, I think it was. Like, they do some of the, like, flopping around they in do, yeah. slow-mo time and stuff. But they don't do, uh, like, some of the tricks from the original Matrix where, like, you're getting shot at with bullets and he's, like, slowly, like, dodging and you see the bullets whizzing over his head. You don't see any of that. No. And... I think there's only one scene in this movie where they go through uh, kind of what they call the in-between, I think it is, where they can jump into the white space and then jump out in another location in the city. And this one, they just showed it where they went into Neo's apartment, his old apartment where he used to live and work. Yep. But they don't show that any other time. They don't show like the the beyond space, like the, the matrix behind the scenes or whatever you want to call it. They don't show that at all. And it was like, that was big parts of the other movie because it showed you like how the matrix was just a program Mm. and you could go beyond the program and go into like the, the, where they program the program or whatever it is. Yeah. No, I wish I saw more of that overall. It's just like, it starts good. And then it just kind of goes to a point where you just like kind of watching it. And it's like, okay, if then it ends, you're like, nice. It's ended. Overall, I'm going to review the movie. Uh, you go first. You said it's good, right? Yeah. I said it's good because it's not a bad movie. No. It is not. It's not even an okay movie. It's it's a good movie. I just, it's got some major flaws. And again, just pick new actors. I loved the very beginning scene. We saw Trinity. We saw Neo. End it there. Give us some new actors to follow along with. Yeah. And not just reverse roles. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna be a hater today. I, I'm just, I'm just a Grinch. Call me Jim Carrey and the Grinch, or whoever played him in the anime movie. I'm gonna say it's just a movie. It's got a lot of good stuff to it, a lot of bad stuff to it. But I'm just a fucking hater. I'm gonna say it's okay. It's just a movie. I understand. I get, I respect your decision. Yeah, I just, I've been seeing a lot of good movies recently, and this was not one of them. 
I'm gonna be a hater. Fuck, I'm not gonna say fuck this movie. It's not that bad. It's it's pretty decent. It's pretty good. Anyway, that was our review on Matrix Resurrections. It's not that bad. That's pretty good. It's okay. It's it's a movie. It's it's good. It's great. Anyway, what's the next movie we're talking about? It's All good. Right. It's great. It's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't look up. That movie sucks. Um, <laughs> yes, it does. So Don't Look Up is a movie by Adam McKay who did um, The Big Short and Vice, I believe it was called. And also many years ago, he did strict comedies. He did a lot of big ones, Tell Dick at Night, Step Brothers is Incredible, and Anchorman. Big- why, couldn't, why couldn't he do that again? Because now couldn't- he's in his edgier time of his career where he doesn't want to be known as just the comedian director making dumb but well-loved comedies. He wants but to make that's... ones that have more of a message to them, and he gets bigger actors because he's bigger themes and things to tell in his vision. No, I, I get the bigger message. I get all that. But why not make it a bit more comedy-based and a bit less serious? And I think it would have hit the ball. Or hit the, yeah. hit, hit the nail on the head. Yeah, definitely. So don't look up. Uh You'll probably already know, but huge, huge names in this movie. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Perlman. Ron Perlman, Jonah Hill, Timothy Chalamet, Ariana Grande. We don't talk about Jonah Hill. Screw that name. Uh, Mark Rylance is in it. Uh, there's probably other names in it. Um, there's an actor in this movie. We didn't talk about this when we talked about this movie before. That I thought he was really good. He's not another big name like these guys are. He's... The other scientists, it's Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio, and another guy. It's the African-American scientist who's the oh, head of one of the departments. Yeah. He was awesome. I he was him. really good. Yeah, but they didn't show him nearly enough. No, like, they for didn't. how good of a character he was, they didn't show him nearly enough. Yeah. So this movie is uh, scientists find a comet. It's going toward Earth. It's going to hit the Earth in like six months. Armageddon! Armageddon, and uh, they need to try to find a way to stop it. And everyone is not taking them seriously enough as they should. And a lot of people really like this movie because it compares to how a lot of people are today, which is a fair point. I just don't think this movie is as funny as it needs to be. Also, it's not as serious as it needs to be, and it's not as deep as a lot of people think it is. It's really not. It just takes a look at society as it is and puts a mirror to it and just reverses. You look in the mirror, and I go, yeah, I know society's fucked we up all know and stuff. We crap. know that. You just doing that in a movie doesn't make you a genius. So I got a lot of complaints. So first of all, the, the beginning of the story, the beginning of the plot, Later on, it dives off into a bunch of other stuff, but the beginning of it is basically just a ripoff of Armageddon. Comet coming towards Earth. Oh, Armageddon, what was the other movie? The one where the comet actually hits Earth and causes a tidal wave? I don't remember. There's a movie that... I'll look it up. Uh, it causes a huge tsunami, and it like floods half the Earth, and a bunch of people go into a bunker underground. Fuck, I can't spell. How do you spell Armageddon? Arm... Uh, oh, there we go. All right. We do Armageddon ripoff. Uh... Deep Impact? I think that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. So basically a movie about a kid and they find a comet and it's hurtling towards Earth. It's going to crash on Earth and then they all basically prepare for doomsday. But it's set in uh, the 1990s or 1980s? Yeah, it's uh, Deep Impact. Yeah. And it basically a bunch of people go like, we're going to go hide in a bunker underground. Um. It is kind of a smart decision in the middle of a tsunami, even though it's going to flood and you're all going to die anyway. You know, you don't know that in the 80s. Don't have the technology. But anyway, 
So it's kind of a ripoff of both of those movies in the beginning. Yeah, pretty much. And it does a piss poor job of ripping them off. It just does. It's like, again, if they want to make it more comedic, I would have understood because those movies were, one was more of an action movie. One was more of like doomsday in the world prepping movie. Not super funny. Not funny. Serious movies, action and a serious movie. And then this one was like, it wanted to be a comedy and it wanted to be serious. And it was an unhappy medium of both. Yeah. It was a weird like split line between the both. It should have went more to the comedy way. And or, no, it should have gone one or the other. Either go full serious and just be a serious movie about a serious issue because mostly society's screwed. We know mm-hmm. that. And either take a deep look at it and just not poke fun at it with like a very small stick <laughs> or poke fun at it with a very big stick and screw the serious aspect. Yeah. Like one or the other I would have been happy with, but like trying to meet in this unhappy middle of poking at fun at it with a little stick is stupid. Yeah. Definitely cop out different writer, different director. Sure. Maybe it could have worked, but not this time, which is unfortunate nope. because a brilliant cast. You're never going to get this movie again. You never know. And honestly, like the same director, because he made uh anchorman, like, yeah. The same director made that, made this, and he could have just basically made this version of Anchorman. I think that would have been fine. But mm. he chose this direction that he went in, which, good or but well, bad, <laughs> uh, is what we got and what we ended up with. And it wasn't necessary, and it, it shouldn't exist. And I'm, I'm Let's sad. talk about good things that we liked about it. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman's good, but he's not in a... Very much. He's not very much, but I like his whole scene where he's basically doing the Armageddon thing. He's going to fly into space and blow yeah. up with a bunch of nukes. And he's like very American and very yeah. patriotic. But they, as everyone said, he's from a different time. He's also a bit racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rob Perlman's good. That was a funny part of the movie. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, I think, is actually really good in this. Um, When's he not good? That's the thing. It's true. He's always good. And I thought it was weird that he was going to be in a comedy movie when they announced this. I'm like, okay. Uh, he did good with it. Uh, granted, this movie isn't a super comedy, considered it's not mega funny. Yeah, but um, he's good with what he does with it. He's good. My biggest thing, and this is mainly like what they tried to do was basically they tried to make him look not, I guess, ugly ish. Mm. Like they they gave him more of a beard than he has, and he's pudgier, a little bit pudgier, glassier glasses. He's got glasses, but like it's still he's not an ugly dude. He still looks sexy. But they do say that in the movie he's known as the elf the astronaut no astrometer i would like to fuck yeah but like so they do yeah but touch I mean, on that but to make him more sciencey and nerdy like they could have mm. just been like this leona cavario here he is deal mm. with it but they tried to make him something he isn't is what i'm saying i guess i kind of believed it like you believe that yeah sort of um he looked like he did put on a decent amount of weight and he didn't have fa- the facial hair and the glasses when he was like stuttering and like going through like his talk with the president or the news channel, like how he had no charisma. They were just saying like, just say the facts, don't go into the math. And he was like, well, it's all about the math. Like he was just being kind of a nerd about it. It made me anxious. Cause I was like, dude, you're fucking up. Just say the way it is. People are making fun of you. Cause you're just being a science nerd. He was really good. What he had. Okay. But yeah. So, but he goes from that, in one scene, quite literally. And then in the next scene, he's on live television again. They shave his beard slightly. He doesn't stutter anymore. And he's somehow like the prince of the fucking world. 
sure. in one scene. They like he just changes. Yeah, that makes sense. And he's like magic. Like, oh yeah, I've gone from being this slightly nerdy, still sexy kind of scientist, doctor, uh, teacher dude, mm. to being this Leonardo DiCaprio. Other things you liked. Uh, other things I liked. I liked, uh, who's the anchor lady? Blonde Keep Blanchett. Keep Blanchett. She was good. She was good. That's like, what I was going to say. Yeah, she's great. She's really good. Um, I didn't mind Tyler Perry. He's okay. Um, kind of felt unnecessary, like, after watching it. Kind of. It's Kate Blanchett that dominates the scenes yeah. and the dramatic force, because she, she's think- a lot of scenes because she basically is his mistress, and you know, to capture his mistress. Probably, maybe in real, no, not mind. Uh, but Tyler Perry, he's really only in the scenes with Kate Blanchett in no other scenes. He doesn't get his own scenes with yeah. anyone else. Even Kate Blanchett gets her own scenes with Leonardo DiCaprio, but not, but uh, not Tyler Perry. Oh yeah, not solo scenes, just with her and Tyler Perry. Yeah, or even just Tyler Perry and like another character on their mm. own. Um, I think he was when it was there on the news. He was supposed to be the more comedic type guy, and she was supposed to be the blonde bimbo, but serious. I yeah. think. But, like, even then, like, he wasn't even as funny as he normally is, which yeah. is a bit disappointing because he's pretty, he's pretty funny. Like, but is that because he's supposed to be a news channel anchor and they're not comedians? They're, they try to be funny, but at the end of the day, they're just news anchors. That's kind of what I got, is that they're yeah. boomer funny. I guess, but I don't even think it was boomer funny. Like, I don't think anyone really laughed at his jokes. <laughs> I generally don't. I, I, I hope not. I got. I don't know because he was like, you know, he's making jokes about how the comic could hit his ex-wife's house and stuff, and you know, making jokes like that, and they weren't super funny. But they didn't. I land. actually thought that was supposed. To, yeah, I know, but I think that it was. It's just once again that that, that satire that was like very weak satire of like a lot of news anchors when you watch them try to be funny, they're not that funny. That's, I think that's what it was. I don't think they were actually trying to make a funny character. All right. Th- I guess that could be you. That was the role he was given. Mm. But when you get a name like Tyler Perry, why not use it? Sure. Like he's funny. He's a genuinely funny person. He's had very good comedic roles. Mm. Why not use it? Why that's, give him this? That's fair. Serious, unfunny role. All right. Now let's get back to things we didn't like. <laughs> didn't like, Oh, <laughs> the movie. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if this is a thing we don't like or do like. Uh, what do you think about Ariel Grande being in this? Uh, she was the singer, whatever her name was there, Bimbo. Yeah, Bimbo. Riley something. Riley Bimbo. Yeah. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't, I mean, I guess it was a very much a commentary on like social media and like. Uh, people overreacting to people like re- and then celebrities also, engagements. and Yeah, and then like all of a sudden like celebrities just being like, oh, I'm sorry I cheated on you. Let's get engaged like type yeah. deal. Um, I, I get, I get that. I just, again, in this movie about a comet about to hit earth. Why? Yeah. Like, well, I where... think it's like people pay more attention to that yeah. than to the more serious issue. But you could just had a tweet of her going like, Oh, me and my boyfriend broke up. Oh, my boyfriend just proposed. Like you could have literally had that in the background scene of their news anchor broadcast. And it would made as much of an impact as, I mean, I get they did sing, have her sing a song for the movie in yeah. live audience, which was kind of cool. I like that. Mm. But, like, actually doing the whole bit on, like, live, live news, New York, whatever the fuck it was. I, just, I didn't. I think it was something like the rest of this movie, Nat. This movie is too long. It's two hours and 20 minutes long. Comedy is way too fucking long. It's For, for even a normal movie. It's too long. Like, 
some dramatic movies. Yeah, I, I understand the two hours and 20 minutes, but they ripped off Armageddon, which is an action movie. That was probably like two hours, an hour and 30 minutes, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Most comedies, an hour and 30 minutes to two hours max. It's hour and 22, 23 minutes or whatever it was. And in this, I feel like they're stretched out every one they paid decent money to to get this really long runtime because they don't want to cut people out because, you know, you're paying Meryl Streep to be the president. She's a multi-Oscar winner. You might as well keep her in and have her do some things. If you're paying Maria yeah. Grande to be in this, well, she better fucking sing a song. <laughs> and she better do something else. So I feel like that's what it was. And, like, this whole movie is, like, we're paying people to be in this movie that's great. This is an incredible cast. There might not be any other movie that cast this big. Timothy Shamalai, I'd even mention him. He's in this movie. But at the expense of having a movie that's way too long and not paced very well. With being, people make this movie to be super deep. It's as deep as like a half-drained puddle on a hot summer's day is what it is. And that's my problem is that people make a big deal about this movie. If it was more comedic-based, sure, you can have a little bit of a message while it's also being really funny. When you're trying to do this middle part, that message better be well written. But when it's like so like on the nose, like we get it, it should be funnier. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a lot of funny satire movies that also have a message, and that's why people like them. Is that they're funny? They also have a little bit of a message to them. And this, it's not really that funny. It's got a message, but it's so on the nose that it's like, yeah, we get the message you're saying. We've known the message before you said it. Yeah, exactly. So that's my major problem in this movie. I guess if this is a movie for people that didn't understand the message, that people who didn't understand the impacts mm-hmm. of social media and our society day, this is for them. This is not for you and me who know that we're fucked. Yeah. And if a comet ever is coming towards earth, big, big oil or whatever is just gonna be like, yeah, we won't, we want its minerals. Let it hit earth and kill half a million people. Like, this is not for us. This is for people that didn't already understand that. Yeah. It's just, just disappointing. It's just one of those things I see. I'm not going to get into it. No, no, no. We're definitely getting into it. No, I'm not going to get into it. People can have their own opinions. If people like things, don't like things. That's okay. Well, yeah, that's fine if they don't, but we don't like it. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> this is our opinion, Austin. This is what we're giving people. This is our opinion. All right, that's fair. All right, here's my opinion. A lot of people online keep talking. I already said this a little bit, but people online are like talking about like everyone that I go, I go into the comment section. People are like, this movie fucking sucks. Or people are like, oh, I love this movie. It reflects on how today is and how fucked up everything is and how this uh, party or this party or this presidential candidate or this person, I'm not going to mention those names. Hey, Trump. Gonna, yeah. It's going to talk about those people, like how idiotic their fan base is. And like, sure, that that is a fair point. But it's so on the nose that it's like, it's not clever when it's so like, it's just so out in the open and it's not very easily veiled. Like, uh, fucking uh, Meryl Streep. By the end, she turns into a caricature of Donald Trump. It's not easily veiled all her supporters have red hats they all talk like rednecks and they're mostly males and they all have this big speech of don't look up which was whatever trump's or that make america great again yeah and they'll just chant that over and over again yeah, in a really idiotic manner if this movie was funnier maybe they can get away with that in a movie that's not funny it comes off 
super, super, super lazy writing and not deep at all. And when I see people online, they can enjoy things. If they enjoy it, that's great. But when they talk about how deep this is and how great it is because that, no, it's just because you're discovering this topic for the first time and you think that because they're smart talking about it, that makes you smart talking about it, going, oh, you got to see this movie because it has discusses such important issues. It does discuss important issues. It just does it in a very lazy well unwritten not well written way to the point that it just comes off as bad so this goes into the issues that we've already been discussing is my thoughts on this yeah like we've already had the trump make america great we've already yeah. had that it's done and over with it's been done hopefully done and over with for like half a year now yeah roughly we've got a new president we're stuck with him whether we like him or not <laughs> yeah uh and the same thing with like the the celebrities. There we go. Yeah, celebrities and engagements and celebrity culture. Yeah, celebrity culture and music festivals and whatnot. And it's like we we've been that we've, we we are well into this. We are well aware of it. And again, as I've already said, this is for people that don't understand any of this somehow, mm. who have lived their lives under a very big rock. Yeah, <laughs> and have like seen this on social media, but then didn't quite get the concept. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, Trump was a bit of a dickhead and yeah. celebrity culture's kind of crap. It's like the fan base of Rick and Morty that people make fun of. A lot of people love Rick and Morty. I do too. It's a good show. But people make fun of the certain fan base that think it is more than what it is. Rick and Morty ex- goes into science a lot more than other shows, but also does it in a stupid way because the show is meant to be silly and dumb. Kind of like Futurama. Kind of like Futurama. And a lot of people understand it is a well-written show. It is funny and it is dumb. There is a fan base part of it though that thinks it's the smartest show on earth because it discusses such scientific topics. Topics, And yes, uh, the writers I'm sure put more research into it than a normal comedy show but they're not geniuses by any stretch of imagination. They just take these terms, put it in a show, and add more fart jokes to them. And that's why people make fun of Rick and Morty fans, even though Rick and Morty fans don't define that sect of it. They, people like to make fun of those people that talk about how, like, you just don't get Rick and Morty. It's just above your head. It's just beyond your comprehension. It's not. That's what, it's not. But that's what a lot of the fan base I'm seeing is for this movie. Okay. This Luckily, is though, the- I'm... Wait, let's look at... I don't actually know what the ratings on this movie. Don't look up. I'm I'm hoping that critics also didn't like it. Not that it matters if they did it or not. Uh, um, 56 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's a fair rating. Yeah. yeah I'll give it fair. that. Yeah. It probably deserves less, but that's okay. No, no, no. It deserves that. Yeah. Because it is well, well into the average. Yeah. Uh, don't look up. I'm going to give this, um, at best, it's, it's a movie. It, probably I'm going to say it's bad. If it was had any other cast that wasn't a star-studded cast, easily bad. You can say it's it's a movie just because how good the cast is, and that's just because Netflix threw money out the window at this movie. So, normally, I would agree with you that this is, it's a movie. Normally. Because as I said, this easily falls into the the fifty six percent range any day of the week. But it has one big letdown, one letdown that I chose not to discuss until this very moment. Mm. It has Jonah Hill in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, go go. 
He was fucking terrible. <laughs> I mean, he was unnecessary from the beginning because he was the president's, uh, like, right, whatever their right-hand person is. I forget what they're called, but they're head the of... Chief of staff. Chief of staff. There we go. Who in their freak fucking mind would Jake Jonah Hill, their <laughs> chief of staff? I will say, I've watched Jonah Hill. Yeah. To an extent, I like Jonah Hill. Mm. In a Jonah Hill movie. Okay. Which I don't know if you would know what a Jonah Hill movie is. It would be a like a Seth Rogen, like, uh, funny, funny pothead movie, right? Funny, funny pothead or whatever that one, the Doomsday one where they had, like, big oh, giant... Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's a Seth Rogen movie. Mm. He works well in Seth Rogen movies. The Jonah Hill? Sorry. <laughs> Jonah Hill. Man, I screwed up that name bad. <laughs> Jonah Hill works well in a Jonah Hill movie. He does not work well in any other freaking movie. <laughs> And he especially doesn't work well in this fucking movie. Mm. So in this conference of Jonah Hill, the lady president, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer uh, Lawrence, and I forget the other scientist's name. Yeah. Uh, but like, again, most of them were trying to be serious and Jonah Hill was being Jonah Hill. Being a dickhead. Being an absolute dickhead who thought he was funny. Yeah. And and you told me, which I didn't notice, there's an after credit scene where he's the only survivor. From what they show, he is he claims he's the last man on Earth on Twitter. That's a Twitter. real kick to your balls then. <laughs> it really was. Because <laughs> at the end of it all, after he made his long gone and dead, and this is, so basically, I don't know if you remember the scene, but when they all fly off into space to go to this new car, yeah. they leave Jonah Hill in this like uh, like control center. So this whole control center collapses and a bunch of people are dead and whatnot. And somehow he climbs out of the rubble still alive. And he's still alive after the tsunami, which would have killed him by drowning. After whatever devastation this meteorite caused to the earth, devastated, like destroyed plants and whatnot. He's still alive and kicking and talking. (laughs) Which is the worst part of it. Hearing his voice. (laughs) But Yeah. (laughs) And it was, it was every single scene he was in, no matter what it was, even if he was just in a background scene talking to Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence in whatever room they were locked in for like 10 minutes. Uh, I forget what the scene was. Basically, he brings Leonardo DiCaprio out and yeah. Leonardo becomes the new head of science or whatever. If any slams the door in Jennifer Lawrence's face. Yes. Oh, and at one point he actually tries to kiss Jennifer Lawrence on the lips for oh, no, yeah. absolutely no reason. Yeah, that was weird. And it felt very rapey and very awkward. Tim Fee Shalmali does the same thing later in the movie. Mm. He does, but it, even though it's still weird, it almost feels a little bit more natural because of the yeah, setting, I guess. Sure. But yeah, Jonah Hill scene, that was super weird. It's super weird, super awkward, and Jonah Hill was generally, I just think he paid the directors, can I kiss her? Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> the actress, not the character. Yeah, well, the actress and the character. Yeah. But yeah, and I don't know. I have to give it a bad just for that performance. I generally, that's it. That brought the movie down to a whole new level for me. Yeah, no, that's fair. And And again, you haven't seen the end credits scene. It gets worse. Yeah, maybe maybe that would sink me over to the bad range. It is not a good movie. And like I said, with any other cast, bad. But Ron Perlman's in it, who I love. I love Leonardo DiCaprio. Jennifer Lawrence, I think she did a really good job in this. She was amazing. Uh, all, think, the, all the scientist characters. I think the lady person, even though she was just doing a satire of Trump, yeah. she was still pretty decent. She was good, too. Um, yeah, most people in this movie. Timothy Chamelay, I feel like his, he, like his character didn't contribute anything to the plot. 
But overall, he was pretty good. Everyone's pretty good because they're good actors. So, of course, I'm going to give this movie. It's a movie with a cast that has it should not be that. It should be a lot better than that. Uh, one more thing I want to talk to you about because I didn't mention this to you earlier. If we got to move on. Do you feel is this good writing and bad writing? In my opinion, I do not like it. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character has a wife, and she's more of a homely wife, uh, a more motherly character, rather than the sexy Kate Blanchett TV anchor. Yep. And uh, he cheats on her, and at one point, his real wife catches both of them coming home. And by the end of the movie, she welcomes him back, and then the whole family hold hands before they get annihilated by the meteor. Do you feel like her character, the wife, even though obviously she's not one of the main characters in this movie, do you feel like she was poorly written because how easily she brought back her cheating husband? It it felt awkward, but I did vaguely understand it because it's literally the end of the world. They know they know they're going to die. And it's like, would you let kind of if you'd let me see my kids one last time before we die? Sure. And again, it, it, the biggest part that fell awkward to me was that he brought Jennifer Lawrence and her new boyfriend <laughs> and also the scientist that he just met a few weeks before him. Yeah. Like he brought them all to his family table where they probably have families of their own. Yeah, like, that scientist guy has to have a family. And he's just like, no, I'm going to bring you to my family table. You screw your family. They can go die on their own. Uh, that was the part that felt the most weird to me in that whole situation. But like just him basically begging his wife. He did beg her for forgiveness, which I felt kind of weird, but if it was just begging her to let him see his kids as they're all about to, the world's about to end, that would have made more sense to me. But I will say, like, actually begging the wife to, like, take him back, yeah, that wasn't great writing. Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's move on. This movie sucked. Um, uh, fuck, where am I at? Um, I didn't mean to open that app. Now I got force close you. Okay, there we go. Um Last sections. Uh, Game of the Week. I'm going to wrap this up quickly. Uh, Game of the Week is a movie called Carry On. Carry On? It's probably Carry On. It's a movie that's on Xbox Game Pass. It's an indie game you can play on the Switch, Xbox, probably PlayStation, I assume. Um, But it's a cool indie game, 8-bit game, 16-bit. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, Where you play as a thing-like monster. Thing as in The Thing from John Carpenter's The Thing. Ooh, so really creepy and fucked up. and Yeah, big gooey monster that adapts and grows in size. Very cool game. As soon as the game opens, as soon as the game opens, you're a monster in a lab. You break out of prison instantly. And you kill all the scientists in the area. And you go up like a shaft, a vent shaft, and you like escape to a different area. And the whole game, obviously you don't have any dialogue. Uh, the other characters don't really have any dialogue. They just kind of like, and then you, like, some of them have guns, guns, some of them don't, and you eat them. Or not, if you don't want to. Oh, so maybe you're trying to hide amongst people. Yeah, so, no, it's not like the thing in that you turn to a human. You are the thing in the big blob form. Mm. That's it. You, so I guess it's closer to the movie The Blob. But you look like the thing, a very gross amalgamation of things, and you eat people. Uh, but yeah, a thing, the blob, whatever, it doesn't matter. But you're in this, like, science lab, and you keep trying to escape. You go through different, like, vent paths, and you eat and chew through people, and you tear through them. And it's a pretty fun game, because you get to do that. You just get to be... There's very few games where you get to be a monster that doesn't speak. You're just a mindless monster that eats things. I think there's one that's with a shark. You know, basically yeah, Hungry Shark. Hungry Shark, yeah. And there's also the Xbox game uh, Me and Hunter, which I played recently. It was okay. Okay. Yeah, it's just like Hungry Shark. You just eat people. Okay. It's kind of fun for like 15 minutes. Yep. Um, but 
yeah, it's that. And it's pretty good. So I'm playing a little bit of carry on or carry in, whatever it's pronounced on Xbox game pass. Um, if I want to say anything else, I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley and Skyrim, but I've talked about those games before, but yeah, I think carry a new game that I played recently. That's pretty good. Sounds but decent. Let's talk about our final segment of the week, which is at the movies for pieces of movies or two shows we've been watching. That's been pretty good. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is Titan, Titan, whatever it's called. Uh, French word for titanium in French. And it's basically a girl. She gets in a car accident. She gets a piece of titanium welded to her head to keep her brains in or whatever so that she doesn't die. Because the, the damage that she took to the side of her head. And because that, she becomes very attracted to metal. Metal of all forms. Later, we find her as an exotic dancer who danced on top of a. I'm not sure if you saw what year, but it was like an 80s Cadillac, maybe? Uh, she danced on a few cars. One was like a. Uh, what was that called? Oh, I wish I could remember. Bunch of Chevy products. Uh, one was a Camaro, one was a Monte Carlo, oh. and one was a Cadillac. I want to say the Cadillac would have been probably 85 ish. 85. And she's like. People go to this uh, big warehouse. They look at cool cars. They see sexy girls dance on top of them. And uh, they take pictures with the girls and get their autographs and whatnot. Uh, But little do people know, and her parents that she still lives with, is that she is a mass murderer. That she just, like, murders people that, like, cross her path, like, wrongly. People that annoy her. Or people that, like, assault her. A guy, a groupie, tries to make out with her because he's in love with her the character that she plays as a stripper or exotic dancer. And she just fucking stabs the guy in the ear and he dies. Hmm. So she's a mass murderer. And where this movie really starts is when she climbs into her car. Not It's not her car. It's the car that she dances on, the Cadillac. And uh, she fucks the shit out of it. The car bounces up and down. Its lights turn on and off. It's like the car's a living thing. And she fucks the shit out of it. And then, you know, she has an orgasm. And then uh, later on in the movie, uh, oil's leaking out of her. She's experiencing what looks like clear signs of pregnancy. And then the movie goes on a crazy path from there. Uh, she escapes her parents and because she knows that everyone's looking for this uh, serial killer. And she tries to find a way to blend in. And all I'm going to say is that she finds someone. They'll take her in for someone they think that she's not. And you know, at the end of the movie, she gives birth to the car. So, crazy ride. It won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. And from begin to end, it's a big what-the-fuck moment. It's really well done for being a what-the-fuck movie. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what's your movie recommendation week? Uh, first show recommendation is going to be Sunny Boy. It's an anime, and it's uh, relatively new. I think it's 2021 or 2020. Um, and it's basically a bunch of high school kids, uh, for reasons they don't know, get teleported into a different dimension and they're given kind of psychic powers, um, all different kinds. Uh, the main character, he's given a power of being able to jump to parallel universes, a bunch of different ones. And their whole goal is basically find out why they're in this situation they're in, find out what powers they all have because each one's given a different one and all of them manifest like right away or they aren't all able to use them. And also last goal, get back to their, their original world, their home world, which basically Japan, like our world, Japan. 
and they go through a bunch of scenarios. Like one of the worlds they go to has it's in popul- It's populated by monkeys, but it's kind of like Planet of the Apes, where all the monkeys do what humans do. They all have jobs. They all go to school. Planet of the Apes. Yeah, literally just kind of Planet of the Apes rip off. But uh, and based all these parallel worlds have some connection to their world. They all kind of have some meaning to their world, but they just don't know what it is yet. And it's their goal, kind of like a mystery to find out what it is. Huh. And it's very, very artistic. Like it's very colorful and it really, it's kind of like an older anime style where it's more 2d. Yeah. But uh, it's made recently made recently. And it looks in my mind, it looks fantastic. Even though huh. if you're have epilepsy seizures or epilepsy, don't watch it. What do you say for those people? Not me. That like to uh, do drugs. <laughs> They're not me. No, Travis, not me. I just drink sometimes. Uh huh. Only when you come over. Uh huh. Anyway, would you say it's a good show for that? Just the way you describe being a colorful, a uh, lot of uh, like, bright colors and so flashing lights. For certain scenes, that definitely for somebody who's on some sort of drug, it'd probably help. But you it might be hard to understand on some of the dialogue and cause it get mm. it in Japan and you have to read subtitles and whatnot. Yeah. Or not in Japan, in Japanese. There we go. Uh, so it might be a bit hard in that aspect, but I think it could still be done if you really tried. It might okay. be fun. All right. Uh, uh, it's on Hulu for anyone who cares. And it's on Hulu and it's sunny boys, sunny boy, sunny boy. My second recommendation of the week is I had a couple other good day. The other day I watched two movies. I would give perfect scores to Titan was one of them. The other one was licorice pizza. Licorice pizza is a movie made by Paul Thomas Anderson. And it just came out recently. Awesome movie set in the seventies of an inspiring actor kid who falls in love with a girl that's older than him. And he's trying to do anything he can to win her heart. Even though he's 15 years old and she's 25 and it focuses on their friendship and their on and off uh, will-they-won't-they relationship as they navigate the 70s of trying to do whatever it takes to earn some money, be it uh, opening a water mattress store or a pinball uh, pinball palace uh, store because apparently pinball was outlawed in the early 70s for a while, 60s and early 70s. Hmm. And he overhears a senator saying that they're passed a law to allow pinball to be legal again, and he opens up a pinball factory as they do so, and he gets a head start and makes a lot of money. So he's basically a shyster. Um, he gets yeah, in sounds like the Wolf big of Wall things. Street. Kind of, yeah, except he's like 15. It's kind of that bit. Um, but like the girl he's with, the 25-year-old, she never wants to be with him because she's 10 years older than him. Um, they always work as friends and business partners. But he's in love with her. He is, and she kind of likes him. It, but because she won't ever get with him because she's older, Tim, it's a, a legal relationship. He develops relationships with other girls. She develops relationships with other guys, and both of them get jealous because of it. So they have this kind of will they want the relationship that I'm not gonna say what happens then, but there's a nice ending to the movie, and it's like. Um, the Quentin Tarantino movie that just came out. Um, oh fuck! How one it's also came out in the seventies, or it was played during the seventies. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. It's like that movie how there's not a central plot. There's a lot of things that happen to the main characters, but it's just them kind of experiencing life in the seventies without like a 
a standard plot structure that says this happens when this happens when this happens. Just a lot of things happen to characters, and different characters show up, and uh, they might not come back again, but just a lot of things happen to different characters, and they have to navigate it. A very beautiful movie, a lot of great uh, scenery. They made it definitely look like 1970s L.A., great music. A lot of cool cars. Everyone was dressed apart, and it's a very awesome movie. And I had a lot of fun with it. And watching that, which is a beautiful, wholesome movie, and to tan the same day, awesome day, so good. Well, like- five out of five movies, but yet one was incredibly fucked up, and another one was really wholesome as fuck or nice. frick. Travis, what is your last recommendation of the week before we end mm. the show? It's going to be second season of Doom Patrol. I just started that recently. Really? I got, Good. what, five episodes in? Out of, it's, it's a shorter season. It's probably, I think it's eight or nine episodes, oh, I believe, rather sad. than the 13. Yeah. But good episodes. Good. Like, really, really good. Like, we, our friend Mile recommended this to us a while ago. We didn't watch it. I started watching him like, Mile was right. It's, <laughs> it's it, honestly, my, it far outseeds the, exceeds the first season. Really? Yeah. Huh. Good. And in the second season, I don't know much about the second season besides that they work with a little girl who's like a little monkey face girl. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Um, as I said, I'm only about four episodes in, but it kind of starts out where, uh, well, first of all, where the second season left off where they're all really tiny. Mm. And it starts to build on the character. So we start to learn more about the little girl and her past. We start to learn more about the doctor and... Uh, I don't know if you really remember, but the doctor is kind of older than he like appears to be. Yeah. Cause he's, he's been around since, uh, I forget exactly one, but they actually show him as a kid, which is kind of nice. Huh. Um, and we start to learn a bit more about the Jane character and a lot of the other characters basically start to be able to use their powers better. So, uh, not Cyclops. Oh, what's the name? Cyborg. Cyborg. Um, the, the elastic woman there. And uh, the robot guy are all starting to kind of come to grips with their abilities, their super strength, their elasticity and whatnot, and kind of basically are starting to become more of a superhero team. Hmm. But, and then with the Jane, the multi-personality girl, we learn more about her past and we learn more about the doctor's past and his abilities. Huh. That sounds interesting. I'm I'm going to have to jump back into it. It's good. I'm glad that the second season takes where it left off. We did the same thing, if not better. It is getting better. Yeah. Like really good. Huh. Very good. That was the recommendations of the week. And that was our podcast episode. Thanks for listening to Trash Talk Podcast. If you enjoyed this, leave us a review on, if you want, you can leave it on the Trash Talk Podcast main channel, but that channel is sort of dead. It is now the Beer and Pretzel Podcast where he posts on. If you leave in a review there. Every you, other Friday. Yeah. We're every other Friday at 10 a.m. on Friday mornings. And I'm not sure what we're going to do next time, but we'll have another episode in two weeks. Hopefully not three movies in a row. This is getting old. Yeah, it's a lot, and these episodes go a little bit long. So in the future, these episodes will be a little bit shorter. It's just a lot of shit's been coming out recently that I wanted to talk about. Um, and besides that, on this channel, there's going to be a lot of beer and pretzel podcast episodes. So uh, check those out. Actual play episodes if you're not already seen them. Thanks for listening. This is Austin. And Travis. And thanks for listening, and we'll hear from you next time on Trash Talk Podcast.